it used to be BC and AD before and after Christ. Well, now it's BY and AY before and after Yellowstone. Before and after the world changed out of all recognition. Suddenly, utterly, irrevocably. The global effects were not fully felt until a month or so after the eruption had stopped. Billions of tons of sulfur dioxide ejected by the volcano wrapped their way around the northern hemisphere, cutting down the sunlight. Within weeks, temperatures started to plummet, as much as 20 degrees in some places. Then the aerosols jumped to the equator and started to cool the southern hemisphere. The monsoon failed, adding drought to the bitter cold. Climatologists say it will start getting better in a few years. But let's just say, I don't think I'll live to see another time. So now that we're in the opening stages of Civil War 2.0 here in the United States, uh, what with the shooting of the uh, congressman at the baseball game here in the last day or so, uh, and the general social and cultural upheaval, I want to draw our attention back to part, uh, part a foundational aspect of our experience here on this little uh, blue speck of a planet. And do another Visions of the Apocalypse episode. So, welcome back to the Kyle Style Podcast. Uh, this is Visions of the Apocalypse. Earth changes. Yeah, Earth changes. You're like, what the hell's that? Well, Earth changes is this sort of broad, vague notion uh, about how the Earth itself that we tread upon could just just change and I don't mean the you know ecological collapse like I did in the previous installment I mean you know earthquakes volcanoes uh you know the, the earth exploding into a million pieces earth changes are things that are you know real while at the same time uh you know they're all possibilities while at the same time they are the most of these scenarios cuz again I'm running out of I'm running on fumes on visions of the apocalypse so before we dive in head over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Kyle style design pick up some of my original artwork on mugs and prints and all that good stuff I've got a few new designs I just uploaded uh here recently you'll get some of my original artwork in your life uh before one of these crazy apocalypse hits, right? Any one of these apocalypses, and then you will no longer, I, I'm pretty sure you will no longer be able to log onto the website and order these pieces, you see? So you should do it now, uh, because who knows what's going to happen again. Uh, you know, Civil War 2.0 is, is upon us, so, you know, make a smart decision. Make the smart decision. 
and head over to Redbubble and and make a purchase from me, and you'll be supporting the the podcast here. And and if it's the apocalypse, I will be in my bunker, uh, with the battery backups, and I will continue to make episodes. That doesn't guarantee you'll be able to to listen to them, um, because there will be no longer be a distribution network for you to download them. But I'll still make them, so that should give you some solace, make you feel good. Uh, or otherwise, you head over to the GoFundMe page, uh, throw me a couple of dollars, because I'm here trying to warn you about not just Civil War 2.0, but that uh, we live in a, a volatile, uh, uh, uncertain world, okay? And I want you to know about it so that you can get all freaked out like I am, okay? So, so welcome to my nightmare. Is what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. So, uh, I appreciate the contributions and shares and likes and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, follow me on Twitter and all that good stuff. But again, while we still have this before the Earth flies off its uh, orbit around the sun and flies off into outer space, because then we'll definitely be fucked. So, anyways, visions of the apocalypse, Earth changes now. This is a weird one, I'm not going to lie. There's not exactly, you know, in some of these other scenarios, there's a plethora of media. There's a plethora of uh, movies and books and, and everything else that describe, you know, nuclear war, asteroid impacts, uh, zombie apocalypse, whatever it is, in all these different ways, with all these different characters and different scenarios and everything. Well... <laughs> Earth changes is vague and often doesn't make for that great a story uh, storytelling. So I have like a few examples uh, of stories, but I have the examples of these sort of scenarios. Now, this is different again from the ecological collapse because that is this biospheric. Uh, thing it's it's the biosphere of the earth and it's uh, what supports life uh you know environmentally which is different from the earth having this structure of it the earth has a structure of uh you know seismology seismography seismology seismography and we sometimes feel the little rumblings, right? It's like, oh, there was a 6.5 earthquake. Apparently, there's been an earthquake, and I didn't feel it or know about it. It, it happened, and I just didn't notice. It was a low-level earthquake, but I remember seeing that there are earthquakes, so I know that earthquakes are real, <laughs> you know, via media and all that. So... You have this idea, say say there was just continuous worldwide earthquakes, right? Just just massive upheaval. The the ring of fire is the you know, the Pacific Ocean and everything. It just everything just touches off and it's just volcanoes and it's earthquakes and that triggers tsunamis and they're flooding and everything, and that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the climate, right? This is why this is earth changes. So uh there's a few examples again but uh, we'll, we'll walk through them as scenarios and kind of as media so one of the most pressing ones that you may have heard about say you listen to joe rogan or something like that 
you may have heard of the Yellowstone Caldera. Now, there's been multiple, I think, uh, documentaries and things kind of made about this, but there was one from way back in 2004, and it was produced by the BBC, and it's just called Super Volcano, which is technically what the Yellowstone Caldera Volcano is. Uh, so if you don't know, Yellowstone National Park has all this, uh, uh, all this uh, seismological uh, activity. Uh, the geysers, the hot pools, and all this stuff is all happening because there's a giant magma chamber underneath uh, underneath the park. And the magma chamber is, in, in a sense, is like a giant blob of molten magma from, you know, molten lava from the center, molten hot magma from the center of the earth that is just kind of collected there. And so you have this weird... You know, on the surface is this weird patch of the surface of the Earth where there's all this kind of strange stuff going on. So we made it into a national park. Well, there's potential for it to become what's called a caldera volcano. And that caldera is, it's it's a massive area, uh, many, many miles that could all kind of erupt. Now, we're used to thinking of a volcano as a big cone, a big mountain, like uh, Mount St. Helens, for example. And that this this mountain is, then it explodes, and you've got the sparks and the fire flying up, and the smoke cloud coming up out of the top of the mountain, and it's got the little, the, you, know, uh, you know, the cone in the top, right? There's a hole in the top where it blew up. That's like your Mount Vesuvius, Mount St. Helens, uh, Mount Rainier kind of thing. A caldera is sort of flat. It's uh it's a it's a soup bowl on the stove that's just boiling and eventually it just pops. And the super volcano movie dramatizes it a little bit. That's what you heard right there at the beginning. And it's um it's troubling in its scale. It's kind of, I mean, maybe I'm doing this, well, I'm not really doing this backwards. This is, this is, this is appropriate. It's uh, one of the more pressing, not that there's much you can do about it, but it's, it's a clear and eminent threat. And then there are various timelines for when this, these kinds of eruptions happen. And in some sense, we may be overdue for a caldera style eruption from Yellowstone. And it's a bit troubling, and and you watch you watch this uh, this docu drama that they the BBC put together, and aside from the corniness of the acting and uh, a lot of B roll of Yellowstone, while the actors are clearly like in in England and stuff, they're not uh, you know there's a lot of English actors and English actors putting on American accents and stuff. Uh, it is representative of what the scale of that eruption would be and we're not talking about like hawaii where it slowly spews lava for years and years and years and the lava just kind of slowly spreads we're talking about something like a nuclear winter you're talking about the scale of this eruption just lifts massive amounts of uh, particulate into the air and it spreads around the whole planet and drops global temperatures 
and blocks air travel because planes can't just fly through clouds of dust and um, the the choking, you know, smog and and particulate matter is uh, devastating to humans and animal life, and it's something like the road and. There are people who have commented that the book The Road very much could be something like the, a caldera explosion that starts the story off or, or creates that environment. And it's, uh, it's a thing that I suppose you could prepare for, you could prep for it, but I don't know how well you could prep for something like that. You're talking about possibly years of darkened skies and failed crops you know livestock dying i mean it it would be it's a thing that if civilization itself could survive would be could be very very traumatic and most people wouldn't survive it and when you're talking about sensitive things like food production, dis- food distribution, the energy grid, all of that stuff, it doesn't hold up well when you have feet and feet of ash building up on roofs and on power poles and, uh, and again, the, the restricted sunlight and everything. So it, there's, there's a level where you can take some of this stuff seriously and that it's like, wow, we might be really fucked if the Yellowstone Caldera, Caldera blows up. But... It's also, well, what is, when is that going to happen? <laughs> you know, the geological time scale is, is so massive and trying to predict things like volcanoes is so imprecise. So there's the looming threat, right? So some of this is potentially real. But uh, I'm gonna move away from the I'm gonna move away from the Caldera thing. But uh, again, check out the playlist. I'm gonna have all these movies in there. If you got time, you can review some of them. Uh, but these earth changes, so if it's volcanoes and you want that, that, yeah, that volcanic, uh, apocalyptic imagery, there are of course a bunch of volcano movies. There was literally a movie called Volcano from, I don't know, 2000 or 1999, 2000 with Tommy Lee Jones and a, and a, a volcano erupts in, in Los Angeles, of course. And you get this apocalyptic imagery, but it's at a small contained scale of just this one city and you've got the um you got the lava flowing down the streets uh, you know beverly hills or whatever and and then they they kind of combat the the lava it has a little bit of a war vibe to it like all right we're gonna put everybody in front of this thing and we're gonna put all the fire hoses and we're gonna, we're gonna cool this lava off and that's gonna redirect the lava and it's this idea that we're going to overcome it with uh, gumption and everything else. Kind of a cheesy, crappy movie. I mean, I would. I, it's kind of like Twister or something. Like I would, I would watch it because it's it's also kind of cool, but it's not a real accurate depiction of what a volcanic eruption would be like. Um, but again, there there are there are many of these, and there's a couple actual like National Geographic style uh, documentaries about the Yellowstone Caldera, which is really the apocalyptic scale. Um, 
what was that movie? It was Vesuvius, I think, came out a few years ago. I think maybe it had uh, Gyllenhaal in it. Uh, I, I didn't see it. I don't, I don't. Maybe nobody did. Uh, seemed like a neat idea, but you know how that story ends. You remember Vesuvius? Remember how that ends? Anyway. Um, so I wanted to go back, actually. So you can... There, there are various apocalypse stories, and you can kind of couch these in different ways. But you have things like Noah's flood, right? The, the flood of Noah in the Bible. That was God making it rain. But you have this idea of flooding and everything else. You have... Uh, you have... The, I've seen this one, okay? Uh, the island of, I think it's Santorini in the Mediterranean is like a blown out cone, right? And there's like water in the middle. And presumably, uh, I've seen this theory presented that that was a volcano. Well, it is a volcano, but it, it once erupted. And this eruption may have caused the plagues of Egypt that are depicted in the Bible. Uh, it made an explosion, blackened the skies, it caused, caused a tsunami to wash up the Nile, and the seawater forced all the, all the like frogs out of the, the Nile, and then they were hopping around on land, and they died, and that created flies, and then the flies spread disease, and that that could be a pragmatic, real-world explanation for something like the, the, the plagues of Egypt as depicted in the Old Testament. So the Earth's surface and the Earth's crust has always been this climactic and uh, and uh, volatile place. And we, we face these various threats again in more localized ways. You have very, you have a tsunami. You have a tsunami like in, uh, you know, in, uh, an earthquake in Japan, like back in what 2011 with the Fukushima nuclear reactor, creates all these problems secondarily to the fact that the Earth just did its thing. The the plates just sort of moved because that's what they do, and the 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 result is that the ground shakes and well our buildings and stuff don't stand up to a lot of shaking and it happened to trigger a tsunami and everything else and it happened to um, negatively impact a nuclear reactor and so there's all these secondary things but take that and magnify it across say the whole world you're talking landslides that block roads. You're talking mudslides. You're talking uh, liquefaction, right? Like liquefaction is when the, the ground sort of shakes and it kind of starts to act like a liquid and stuff just kind of sinks into it. Liquefaction. Volcanoes, volcanic eruptions, and then all of the social upheaval that would come in the disruption, again, of our power grids, food distribution, and all that stuff. But so aside from the, uh, like, again, uh, the, the sort of real-world example of, like, the Yellowstone Caldera, there's these sort of intriguing but weird other kind of ways that the Earth's volatility could change and affect us. And I want to go through a few of those if I, if, if you'll allow me, if you'll keep listening to me rant and rave. So... 
you have this weird thing, right, where we're living again in the in the system of the Earth itself. Uh, we're flying around the sun, and then the Earth is this big ball, and then down in the center of the Earth is all this pressure and this heat. So the core of the Earth is actually this giant ball of molten metal, and it's swirling and, and, and mixing around. And that swirling and mixing of that giant mass of molten metal creates the magnetosphere of the Earth. Now, there was this movie from 2003. I haven't seen this movie, but it's called The Core. And apparently it's like one of the stupidest sci-fi movies ever made, but it's one of those Waterworld type ones where people apparently love it a lot. I have the clip in my playlist here. And it's the stupidest demonstration of here's what's going to happen in a disaster movie. They go, well, if this happens, then here's what's going to happen. And they're explaining this to the president. And then the president's like, all right, get it done. It's it's retarded. (laughs) But the idea is that the core of the earth stops burning or stops mixing, stops turning. It goes cold. And so then the magnetosphere of the Earth just dissipates. And the magnetosphere, of course, protects us and shields us from cosmic rays, like from the sun. And without it, it would just, like, all this radioactive, all these radioactive waves would just be hitting the Earth and would just kind of kill all living things, like a, just zap it. So you have this movie, The Core. Again, yeah. Presumably, if there was something that could stop the Earth's magnetosphere from deflecting cosmic rays, everybody would just die. And the in the movie, they you know tunnel down to the center of the Earth and restart the you know restart the core of the Earth with a nuclear weapon or something. It's um again, it's silly and and grandiose and all, but there it is. That's in a sense, how precarious our situation is. It could just be something like that. And and honestly, there's no real way we can drill down to the center of the Earth and restart the core of the Earth with a nuke. That's not real life. And so let's just hope that keeps happening, I guess. <laughs> um, let's see. What, what else have we got? Oh, okay. Um if the earth stopped spinning now this one is not really a movie it's just a youtube clip i found because it's a thing um oh no wait no wait the magnetosphere okay so there is a thing that i've seen talked about and it's it's sort of conspiratorial and it's what's called a pole shift so here's the idea is that there's a polarity to the Earth, right? You know how the North Pole is, like, we we tend to think of it as up. That's not actually accurate, but it's up. It's north, and then the South Pole is south. And that is actually driven by the magnetosphere again, right? So the magnetosphere says, you know, it pulls iron molecules one direction or whatever, so then that makes compasses point north. Anyways, you have something called a pole shift, and this has apparently happened before, and we don't know what happens when this happens, because the last time it happened was before, uh, maybe before modern humans ever existed. So you essentially have a reversal, 
north becomes south, south becomes north. Now, possibly nothing would happen. But during that transition period, what might happen is that you would have various different poles kind of migrating around the Earth as this, the, this, the field stabilizes. In that time, we don't know what's going to happen with things like will the Earth continue to deflect cosmic rays when our shields are sort of down? Uh, what about our electronics and things? Like, will our electronics still work normally if the electron flow and, and all that stuff is, um, you know, a lot? we have a lot of energy grid and, you know, uh, generators and things are all based on this function of, of, of mag magnetics, you know, working on this principle that it's a stable field. Uh, if the field shifts and changes, is that going to play havoc with all of our electrical grid? You go back to the uh, power grid episode of the Visions of the Apocalypse, you see how that plays out if you have something major impacting that. So, again, I don't know how likely something like that is, but... Uh, you know, there it is. It's another, another element of our weird, our weird planet that we live on, right? So, let's move forward here. So, this the short YouTube clip of another the the guy in the video even says that this is really, really unlikely. Uh, it would take something really strange, uh, an asteroid impact that would be worse than the effects of this specific instance if the Earth stopped turning. Okay, like suddenly just blam, stop turning. Basically, I mean, we're rotating at, I think, I forgot what the guy said, uh, 400,000 miles an hour, if that's not too crazy, is something like that. If we just stopped, I mean, imagine hitting a wall at 400,000 miles an hour. Like, everything not nailed down on the Earth would fly <laughs> forward because it would all no longer be rooted to the earth and the earth they wouldn't be inheriting uh its uh, centripetal force and everything would just launch and that includes like the the ground like the, the outer edges of the crust of the earth like basically would just annihilate everything everything on the surface of the earth and if the atmosphere didn't keep turning you'd also have like a hurricane because the air would no longer be the air would keep moving but we wouldn't be moving so you'd have 400,000 mile an hour uh winds so that would just scrub the entire surface of the earth clean of everything recognizable so again the the guy who did the video he says that you know this is really really unlikely so you shouldn't worry about that one but that's an, an interesting example of again we live in this weird ball of, you know, rock and metal flying through outer space, and we take it for granted, like, how well the whole thing keeps going, right? You, you go back to the asteroid impact or uh, cosmic impact episode. Oh, what, what did I call it? Astral impacts. And we haven't been nailed by a giant Earth-killing asteroid in a while. Uh, volcanoes, the, the 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 magma inside the Earth hasn't just started erupting everywhere and destroy all of civilization. We haven't just stopped spinning and just been annihilated. We we're doing well, you know. We're kind of doing well. 
but uh i mean yeah i I've, that's kind of all i got i got one more for you which is another highly unlikely uh situation and and i i think newton worked on this a little bit uh or or it's newtonian physics says one thing einsteinian physics kind of says another thing but uh what would happen if essentially the the sun's gravitational pull which is what keeps us in orbit around the sun sort of stopped working correctly um what would happen so that i found uh so if, if we if we fell into or out of orbit now i couldn't find a clip for it but i remember there being a uh might have been Discovery Channel or National Geographic documentary about this where they explored different ways, kind of like Visions of the Apocalypse. They explored different ways that the Earth could be destroyed. And one of them was the Earth um, flying off into outer space. And it doesn't technically mean it's the end of human civilization uh, because the Earth does have its own geothermal energy and everything so we could just dig down deep in the earth and uh you know get some uh, geothermal generators going on and build a civilization in a weird planet that's flying through outer space and build indoor farms and things i mean that's not necessarily likely but that's that would be our only option if you wanted to stay alive right is everybody would start digging and we would just live inside the literal now spaceship earth as it wanders through outer space i know it's weird it's weird but uh i guess in theory it could happen but there was another another excellent uh example of this story which was a twilight zone episode called the midnight sun from 1961 and this was like I'm amazed sometimes at the breadth and depth of some of the Twilight Zone episodes. They really nailed like a lot of different things. So you have this episode where it's a uh, young girl, uh, not young girl, a, a young woman lives in an apartment in New York City. She has a neighbor who's this sort of slightly older, an older woman, and there's chaos and panic because the Earth has fallen out of its orbit. And it's falling into the sun, not away from the sun, but into the sun. And everything's getting hot and everybody's trying to flee the city. They're trying to go north where it's still cool, right? Because the earth is warmer around the equator. And she's like, well, I'm going to just stay here. I don't really have anywhere to go. I don't have any, any way to get out. And they try to ride it out, her and this older gal. And there are, there are raiders and they have to try and you know get water and get food and i don't know the power's going out and she's uh, an artist so she's trying to you know continue to paint even though like her paintings are melting while she's trying to paint them and and it ratchets up and it ratchets up and then there's of course a twist and i'm going to include a link to somewhere i found this online i think but uh you you can uh watch it for yourself i'm not going to ruin the twist no spoilers 
but you just watch it. The cinematography is great, and this the tension and the the presentation of this catastrophe and this cataclysm is it's it's really it's well done considering it's 1961. It's like just amazing. So the Midnight Sun, Twilight Zone. I mean that's I mean that's kind of it. I mean pole shifts, uh, massive seismic upheaval. I mean. Yeah, there you go. Any earthquake, <laughs> any earthquake movie is gonna be a microcosm of that. Um, I, I wasn't really able to find necessarily anything about earthquakes specifically. You know, destroying all of civilization, floods again. Uh, the the hydrosphere of the Earth—that's the water on the Earth—isn't really enough to like cover everything uh all the land i mean you could have a massive uh ocean eruption that caused like a massive tsunami or maybe a few of them and then you would flood the earth uh but again i haven't i haven't really been able to find anything uh, fiction or anything about that you have that scenario with uh asteroid impacts but again that's that's outside the earth that's extraterrestrial impact that's not the earth itself kind of betraying us right after everything we've done for it you know so <clears throat> man it feels like i'm losing my voice already so again here we go i mean i ranted for 30 some minutes and maybe put you on your guard about something you maybe can't do a damn thing about. Can't do a goddamn thing about the Earth deciding to stop turning or uh, the magnetosphere shutting off and we all get zapped by cosmic x-rays. Or just the Yellowstone caldera deciding it's time to nuke the entire planet. Right? I mean, it's it's a thing. It's there. Presumably, it's going to happen again. But again, these smaller scale eruptions and things are going to keep happening. We just had more earthquakes, uh, you know, just the other day. And I think it's it's worthwhile, again, like I was saying, that Civil War 2.0 is, is starting to heat up. The ball starting to roll on that one here. And that's people turning against one another based on principles, maybe ideals, maybe just out of complete delusion and killing each other. And, and it makes everybody freaked out and really scared. But um, things like things like this, thinking about the earth in this way and our, our fragile position in it, I, I feel like it is worthwhile. It's, it's Carl Sagan-esque maybe. But we we live in this incredibly vulnerable, incredibly vulnerable kind of precarious situation in the universe. And we it's stable enough that we can get angry about politics, right? Like there's not constant earthquakes and constant meteor strikes. But we're always kind of under threat from these things. And what we spend our time looking at and worrying about and uh, killing each other over. And then the ground can just explode or it can just start shaking. And you can have, you could have a city, a grand, tall, modern city, like a New York city or, you know, Tokyo just get reduced to rubble. If the ground shakes too long or too hard or, 
if the tsunami waves that come in are too high uh, or if our orbit changed just a little bit. I mean, we could be facing famine and catastrophe and uh, global temperature changes and everything else. And like I said, it's it's almost a miracle. It's almost it's people have used this argument that it's it's proof of God, proof of God's creation that our that we continue to live on and that nothing that catastrophic happens. That the, the system just keeps working. I don't go that far. I think we were shaped by the very fact that this system works this way uh, and that these forces are at play this way uh, doesn't mean there wasn't a creator necessarily, but I don't think that if God cared, he wouldn't allow us to get killed by volcanoes in the earth he made for us. It just seems kind of silly. Anyways, enough theology. That's for a later episode of Visions of the Apocalypse. So I'm going to wrap this thing up here. Visions of the Apocalypse, Earth Changes, uh, head over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Kyle Style Design, pick up uh, some of my original artwork again before either Civil War 2.0 or this apocalypse hits because there's no guarantees of delivery or energy grid or internet connectivity after those things happen, okay? Like, once it's the apocalypse, like, you, you'll be on your own and you'll have no art. Right, you'll have no new original Kyle style designs in your life, and you'll be like, "Uh, not only do I have to kill people and eat them because there's no food, I also don't have a beautiful coffee mug to drink the last of my coffee out of." Right? So think about that value. Think about the value you'd be getting from that, especially if it's the apocalypse. Right? Just just think about that. And, of course, you can head over to the GoFundMe page, throw me a couple of dollars. And at the very least, okay, at the very least, you just follow me on Twitter. It's at KStylePodcast. I'm on Instagram. It's Kyle underscore style underscore podcast. And you just tell me, you go, hey, man, you sound like a retarded mongoloid. Or you sound like a paranoid conspiracy theorist. Or, dude, bro, that's like not how science works. And, by the way, the Earth isn't turning at that speed. Just tell me these things. I don't know these things unless somebody tells them to me. Uh, check out the blog, ksouseblog.blogspot.com. Check out minds.com. Minds is is trying to be an alternative to your Facebooks and your Twitters. Okay, It's a new social media platform. It's growing. It's been growing much. It's growing a lot over the last like year or so. Um, yeah. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Well, I'm on Facebook, but I don't. I'm not gonna come out and tell you guys my name. You, you can find me if you want, but uh, no, I'm not gonna do that. <clears throat> I'm not gonna do that. Twitter, Instagram, uh, Minds. Uh, I'll have the links. Oh yeah, VK. I'm on VK for some reason now because Europeans deserve some love too. So yeah, you know, go to the blog, caseosblog.blogspot.com. Follow the links. Buy some stuff. Listen to the episode. Do listen, read, read the write-up that I'm going to put up for you. Check out the playlist. And, uh, you know, just revel in all the things that I made for you. Right? Because I made it for you because I'm like, I think this is important somehow. Anyways, thank you for listening. Kyle Style Podcast, out. <laughs>